welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We are so glad to have you here today. And yes, this has not been True Blood. This is Zach Birkin as your guest host. We'd love it if you give us a rating and review when you finish listening to this episode. We love to read those and to make them better and maybe even read yours on the next episode. We're excited. I'm in the studio today with Nathan Howard, producer Nathan, hanging out, talking to one of our friends in student ministry. But really, I don't know. I feel like he covers a lot of ground. Uh, gets around a lot of places, but Dr. Scott Pace is with us, and he currently serves as the Vice President of Undergraduate Studies, Dean of the College at Southeastern, uh, the Johnny Hunt Chair of Biblical Preaching, Associate Professor of Pastoral Ministry and Preaching, and oversees the Hunt Scholars Program. Scott, you stay busy, man. You uh, you know got some things going on, yeah. <laughs> I just beef it up so it looks like I'm important or that's, busy, man. Like, that's that's a really is. long email signature. But your <laughs> ministry and pastor for over 20 years brings a lot of wisdom and clarity. And again, uh, a native North Carolinian, which warms Nathan's heart, uh, a Duke basketball fan, which warms my heart. Although a graduate from North Carolina State, which has probably got to offend at least a purport, like a, some portion of our listeners that you would go to NC State but cheer for Duke. I don't know. We may it's have anybody lost but friend. Carolina. Anybody but Carolina. We there it is. That's the like, unifying like, state. Com- common enemy, brother. Well, <laughs> yeah, the enemy of my that's enemy my is team. my friend. That's right. <laughs> go Tar Heels. Uh, MD from Southeastern, now teaching their uh, PhD in applied theology. Scott, we're at Excited to have you on the podcast today, uh, generally, but there's some new things coming out doing with B&H, uh, but also the topic today that we think is so very exciting is in your wheelhouse because of both what you do, but also who you are. So we're going to talk on the podcast today, how to be a lifelong learner, the continuing education that every minister needs. Uh, and so Scott, uh, by way of introduction, how do you feel about the Duke loss to Ohio State a couple weeks ago? Wow. It wasn't even a couple of weeks ago. It's still too soon, bro. Still too soon. You can't say that. Let's talk about the, the win against Gonzaga. That that's was it. That's the tonight. one. That's right. Yeah, I feel yeah. much better about that. Well, uh, we it's always a letdown. Our wins after, and we suffer our losses. That's right. Yeah. After a big game, it's a big game letdown, man. We we won the big game and then you got to let down on the road. So it's all good. It happens. That's right. It happens. Well, Scott, we're excited to have you today. Uh, again, I think for a lot of our listeners, you either served as a, a speaker, a conference leader, a camp pastor, maybe even a professor or mentor. And I love that we're in your wheelhouse today of what it means to be a learner for life. Uh, And so let's let's just start by asking the why and why we think it's so important to continue learning as a person in ministry. I think for wherever you're at. So for our listeners today, set the benchmark of what you've been, if you've gone to Bible college, if you've gone to seminary, uh, maybe you're working on that PhD and God bless you for doing so. Uh, But for wherever someone's at today, why is there still a little bit more to learn tomorrow? Yeah, man, that's a great question. I'm su- super grateful to be here and especially to be able to talk about this because uh, it is so uh, kind of close to my heart. You know, the main reason why it's important to continue learning has nothing to do with what you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that may surprise you, but it actually has more to do with the character and formation of our heart. Dude, it really does help you maintain a teachable spirit. When you get to that point where you're not willing to or wanting to learn anything else, it's, you, your, your, spirits, your heart's kind of already clo- closed off. And uh, kind of pride is seeped in and maybe overtaken. And so that doesn't mean that it has to be formal learning. But, dude, to continue learning uh, is absolutely essential and necessary. Um, and, and primarily, I would say, to maintain a teachable spirit. But we also don't know what we don't know, right? Like, That's uh, right. We, That's we, right. We, uh, we, we think we've known a lot or kind of come a long way. And we certainly uh, learn a lot along the way. But I'll never forget the first time stepping into a classroom uh, having a student begin to kind of pepper me with questions, kind of those hard life ministry yeah. uh, questions. 
And dude, when I had an answer for it, and I was like, where did I learn this? And how did I come across? Wow, I do have experience with that. Or I do have, it was kind of, man, I didn't even realize what I had been learning along the way. Mm. And so when you begin to kind of pursue learning intentionally, it helps you appreciate what you're learning and maintain uh, that kind of teachable spirit. That's so good. And I think that's one of the things uh, in that teachability, it, it garners a kind of trust, right? Like there's almost, yeah. if someone's like, yeah, I don't need to learn anything. I don't know if I can trust you as much. I know that feels like an authority of like, I've got it figured out, but for right. a minister, especially in, in, a, in, a, in a role and field as dynamic as student ministry, I, th I think we should be really open and receptive to learning a lot of things from a lot of people, mm -hmm. uh, not just for what we can know knowledge wise, but also for the fact that it makes us trustworthy of, Hey, this, this is a person who doesn't have it all figured out and is showing yep. me by the character character of who they are as a leader. They're willing to learn more. So, yeah. Man. Well, that that's, uh, that's one of the multiple ways I think it enhances, you know, your ministry, uh, just by equipping you in the areas of your service, whether it's, you're kind of taking what you're learning in the classroom and implementing it, or you're taking, you know, kind of what you're, um, seeing in your ministry and trying to reflect and find, uh, how that fits and jobs with kind of, the scriptural or philosophical understanding in, in these, um, you know, maybe a course you're being exposed to, or these ideas that you're kind of being exposed to. So I kind of think of it as kind of a blend between the laboratory and the library. Yeah. And we kind of need both yeah. of them to balance it out, uh, to have them isolated one from the other uh, really limits the understanding that you'll have in either. That's and good. so um, it's really important to kind of blend those together. Uh, I like to challenge, uh, you know, students or, or, or leaders, ministry leaders, uh, to think more of um, theological education more as ministry preparation yeah. than theological education. Theological education seems to reserve it for or put it in a box uh, and doesn't allow that library laboratory kind of overlap that I think is is how it's intended to be. Well, and let's talk about that a little bit, because I think there's a lot of student ministers that are open to the laboratory, but maybe mm -hmm. have reservation about the library. So in a way that is a... a, a, a honest, glaring, it's three guys on the call talking right. about the importance of formal theological education. G give us your pitch for why that still matters. And yeah, again, yeah, at different levels like undergrad. I mean, you're literally teaching at all the levels, uh, yeah. undergrad, <laughs> graduate, PhD work, not, not every levels for everybody, but I think sure. three of us would have a consensus that some formalized the library learning to, to mm -hmm. help support the laboratory learning is important. Right. So give us the pitch on why that's necessary. Yeah, I really do think first and foremost, it's a matter of uh, stewardship, man. God has kind of entrusted you with a calling but also with kind of gifts and abilities. Uh, some people may not feel adequate, like, man, I don't have the learning kind of bug. Like that's not in my DNA necessarily in terms of formal education. Uh, but it is, as you said, such a compliment to what's going on in the laboratory, what's going on in real life and being able to inform you uh, that kind of you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. A lot of times your exposure to things through a classroom or through a formal uh, teaching kind of environment kind of opens your eyes to categories or content that you didn't even know uh, were part of a conversation that you also were unaware of. And so in some ways it's in history that's already thought this. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that I didn't come up with that You know, last <laughs> night. Uh, I didn't know somebody had already thought about that, yeah. you know, a thousand years ago or something. There's a lot of people that are putting their favorite theologian that happens to be their journal. That's right. <laughs> exactly. it's, like, it's like, I always say, you know, your favorite quote is yourself. Oh you know, it's gosh, like I always yeah, say yeah. Or, uh, type of thing. But you know, the other thing it does is it connects you with like-minded learners and leaders. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not learning in a vacuum. 
And so many times when you're learning in your own context, you learn it for that context. But uh, truth is meant to be contextualized. It doesn't change the truth, but it it needs to be applied in different ministry contexts. And it needs to be able to be understood by who you're influencing and who you're teaching in a way that they'll be able to transfer it into their life and their world, not just now, but even down the road. And so as you get exposed to other leaders and like-minded learners, um, it kind of establishes you or gives you context, gives you insight. Some of the different seminars or whatever I, I, I teach, I really enjoy uh, the student input because I feel like I'm learning just as much from kind of how it's made a difference or things, principles or truths we're talking about, talking through how that re- is reflected in their context or uh, how it's been applied or uh, those types of things. Yeah. And then the other thing is, man, you don't realize what's happening there, but you're forming partners in yeah. ministry, right? You're, you're meeting like-minded uh, guys and other leaders who are serving in, in various places. And all of a sudden your, your network's growing and that's not for the sake of a network, that's sake of support, encouragement, knowing that there's other guys and girls in the battle, man, we're all fighting uh, in the same battle, trying to win the world and engage the world for Christ. And uh, there, there, you won't just find that you won't stumble into that. And so really the classroom goes beyond just the content. And then, all right, one, one final thing that you oh, I love it. No, this is good. This is, we, we opened up for it. That's right. All right. The, the one thing that youth leaders need to know that formal education will help you more uh, with is actually learning how to manage multiple responsibilities, Mm. man. When you talk to a college student, I tell them all the time, man, what you're learning in a particular class is maybe the least important thing you're learning here. They're learning how to manage time, responsibilities, family, you know, um, you know, different deadlines, all of those things. And listen, the further you go, not just in education, but we all know, right. In ministry, the, the bigger that balance gets that, I mean, there's just so many different things you're having to juggle. And you have to be able to do that well. And formal education actually doesn't just equip you to do it by way of experience. It gives you the tools to do it better. Yeah. Uh, it makes you more efficient with those things that you're juggling. You're not having to figure those things out as you go. You've got uh, kind of a frame of reference for those things and can can manage it well. So which, which that, that's what I would say. For the immediacy now, because you're never going to have more time than you did yesterday. And I think that's one of those. There's some folks that are like, well, I'll get to it later when my kids get older or when, you know, when I get into a, a role or position that's easier, like it's never going to be easier than it was earlier. I mean, this is literally mm-hmm. like tree planting 101. Like if you haven't done already, then this, you know, this spring, right. next fall is the best time to do it. And so, yep. Um, yep, absolutely. Scott, absolutely. Something you shared there that I, I'd love just to make sure to connect with our listeners is the importance of like connecting in that like cohort or yeah. classroom of other learners. But I think also just the history of our, our faith in learning. And I think that's, yeah. and we always talk about, you know, that's faith seeking understanding as a way of learning. But there is something that's like across, like now, you know, we talked, we, we joked on the pre show, like we're now measuring our life in decades, not years. Right. But right. I think our faith is a little bit measured in not just decades, but centuries. And I think sure. that's a really important thing for especially a, a youth pastor who is feeling like all they can see in front of them is next week, that mm-hmm. our faith is a lot broader and longer. Uh, in the same way that, like, serving at a church that's been there for 80 years, like, right. you can't stress out too much about just this one Sunday. That church has seen a lot of Sundays. And in the same well, way, in our learning, it's we've yep. seen a lot of months and weeks. <laughs> Man, we're standing on the shoulders of giants in yeah. every way, right? Not just theologically or you know ministry-wise in the church, uh, but academically, uh, you're doing the same thing. And you know, we like to to, to quote Jude, 
you know, contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Um, and we're focused there mostly on contending for the faith, but once for all delivered to the saints kind of captures mm. that, you know, heritage you're talking about uh, that has been built and established and gives the foundation um, uh, for our confidence, you know, to, to keep going in those weeks where we do feel like we're just kind of barely keeping our nose above water, so to speak. That's right. Well, Scott, uh, let's let's talk through some of the different uh, kind of avenues of learning. I think this is one of yeah. the things that is probably the revolution in theological education is it's not sure. just the clear cut like undergrad to seminary to maybe PhD work or not. Um, this is again, right. we get to this is where you and I always get to catch up. Is it the conference mm -hmm. scene or the camp scene? Uh, but yeah. what are some things again as the guy who is both very uh, uh, instantiated in the the formal institution, but also very present in workshops and seminars. Yeah. What are some other ways that leaders in ministry should have on their on their calendar, on their kind of yeah. venue, um, some ways to continue their own education? Yeah, well, one of the things you kind of mentioned, or at least implied in some of that, is that you have to prioritize it. You do have to see that this is part of your ministry. You can't see it as secondary um, or, you know, some sort of, uh, optional thing. You have to prioritize it is this is essential. Uh, my, my own growth, my continued development, my ongoing education. Uh, and because of that, you have to prioritize it. So it, it needs to find its place on your calendar, its place in your budget, your personal commitment to it. Um, I, I do think, and you mentioned some of those things, uh, pursuing it with the various avenues and options. Uh, man, there's lots of different ways to do that. And you think about formal education, how that's evolved even in recent years and, and decades. But uh, things like hybrids, which are just kind of weekend workshops yeah. uh, that you're earning credit for if you're pursuing a degree or online education that allows you to maintain your current ministry role uh, while you're kind of pursuing education. Um, and then some other kind of uh, equipping centers. You know, one of the things we do at Southeastern is we partner with local churches where students can earn credit. Uh, in their current ministry role, even among their staff. And so uh, maybe you've got some qualified, uh, academically speaking, uh, leaders on your staff that can serve as kind of a professor of record, and you can be earning credit while you're doing ministry in the local church. And so there's a lot of different avenues and options on top of kind of the more traditional kind of whether it's workshops or um, you know conferences and those types of things that can be formal education, informal but with so many options, there's almost no reason to not uh, continue yeah. to kind of personally grow. Well, and I think that's for some folks. Uh, I mean, again, it, the the benefit of some formalized stuff is giving them some tracking, some syllabus to what they're going to learn. Yeah. Um, but there's not for lack of options, and maybe that's probably yep. the encouragement we'd give to some of our some of our listeners here. Maybe to ask the kind of third question of you is those habits of a lifelong learner is maybe having some learning objectives. And so I, I want to deviate yeah. a little bit and put you on the spot. Uh, what have been some of the things that you've been learning recently, or maybe has there been, like, you've got a lot of books coming out with B&H next year. Maybe you're on the backside of like, whew, I just finished a lot of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what were some of those like learning objectives set up either for those forthcoming works next fall, uh, yeah. or maybe like, what's the, what's the next thing? If you're like researching the next thing, like what, what are you kind of painting? Uh, you know, here's, yeah. here's the outline. We're going to fill it in. Yeah. So for me, uh, I think you're constantly learning as it relates to your strengths uh, and your weaknesses. So uh, if you're going to kind of be that lifelong learner, uh, you need to be looking at how can I enhance those areas that are short, you know, shortcomings. You want to lead from your strengths, no doubt, but you can't neglect the areas of, you know, lack of familiarity or, or places you need to grow. So some leaders, you know, can recognize, 
man, uh, administration is not my area of giftedness. It doesn't need to be, you don't need to become an expert in it, but you need to sharpen your mm. ability to do those types of things. But the same can be true. We use that as an easy example. The same can be true. Uh, man, I was talking to a youth pastor last week and actually his, his uh, staff kind of leader, supervisor, pastor and senior pastor. And, and he would say, man, teaching is not my, my greatest strength. It's relational or it's kind of planning, kind of seeing big picture, but teaching isn't my great. Those are the types of things that uh, help you be a lifelong learner when you can recognize here's areas I need to grow in. Yeah. So while areas of weakness have to be uh, an area or an aspect of a, a focus point, um, also be looking down the road um, at what God may be calling you to. And here, here's the thing, because I know people are like, man, you can't minister with one foot out the door and you can't and you shouldn't. Um, but you may not know the destination, but you can follow the direction. Mm. Like, I, I don't know where this is leading, but I know God is preparing me for something more or maybe just preparing me more for where I'm already at. So even if you don't know the destination, man, you got to follow the direction and continues to um, kind of pursue that growth and development. And I think uh, lifelong uh, learners recognize that, man, God's got something in store for you. I never set out to become you know, if you want to call it a professional educator, so to speak, or to be in the world of academia, I just continue to pursue degrees because I wanted to be the best equipped pastor I could be. Okay. And uh, it just kind of evolved into yeah. opportunities to then equip others uh, in their uh, ministry and service. So you, don't, you may not know the destination, but you can follow the direction. Uh, I also think of it, man, don't, don't look at it as I'm trying to open doors for God, but mm -hmm. you need to be prepared to walk through whatever door he opens for you. And the preparation uh, happens now, not, uh, you know, kind of next. And yeah. so, um, I think those are some of the things that God's just continued to, re to refine in me. Um, some of what God's taught me as it relates to whether it be calling or preaching and teaching, uh, those are where some of the project ideas kind of bubble from. And it does come from being continually plugged into the church. Don't ever see learning as something that takes you away from the church. Okay. Uh, the church is God's plan a and learning is supplemental, uh, to that. And so, think remaining committed to that. Maybe a few other things I'd say, disciplined lifestyle uh, and a commitment to humility. You have to be, when you discipline certain areas of your life, um, it'll spill over into other areas. That's a good spiritual principle, you know, by way of kind of uh, sanctification, yeah. but it, it relates to learning. You have to be disciplined um, uh, to continue to grow and learn. Um, I would also say, man, your calling or purpose, man, renew that. Uh, what has God called me to? And when the more clarity you have for your purpose, the more you'll recognize areas you need to devote time to learning and sharpening and enhancing and growing, because everything has to stem out of your personal calling and purpose. Give us a little more there, Scott. I think that's one of the things, uh, the idea of being a, a disciplined learner, like the habit of learning. I think for a lot yeah. of lifelong learners, there is you know, I, mean, I, I ought to read a bunch of books or maybe even we do the thing and I'll confess guiltily that like I buy a bunch of books. So I feel right. like I'm pretty like I'm pretty aware because I own a bunch of books. But right. the habit to read is something that you have to fight for more than just the habit to consume. So for someone who is fully established teaching elite, like what are some of the things that you have reined in or disciplined mm -hmm. or what are some habits that you prescribe to that give you the kind of consistency in your learning that maybe you would want to share with others maybe it's for yeah. them maybe it's not but just some things that you've like molded in your life especially on this side of a year where a lot of yeah. us got new work habits because of working from home as i broadcast yep. from our garage 
yeah, <laughs> like, right, we're all right. like, like where we're learning and what we're learning and how we're learning uh, has, you know, kind of been in the scramble. So for you, yeah. like, what are some things that are fresh to you or things that you've reined in or you've made like solidified in your habits sure. to learn? So some of it's seasonal, you know, you go through seasons where it's kind of like, man, uh, I'm so busy right now. I, I designate, uh, you know, vacation time or whatever to where it's really the time I can just read and soak in and replenish okay. and refresh. And that's where learning becomes uh, more so than just drudgery, right? You, you, yeah. you really value and grow from uh, learning. So sometimes you can designate. So the holidays are coming up. You're going to be at home a little more, maybe have a little bit more free time. Maybe uh, binge that book instead of that. Netflix yeah, ex yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so kind of binge <laughs> learning uh, can be good. Uh, the other things are designating times and it doesn't have to be at every day. Look, look, learning in this sense or reading books or, or that type of thing doesn't necessarily have to coincide with or parallel or even equate to our quiet time or devotional time mm -hmm. with the Lord. You can designate, look, Friday afternoons, I'm going to block off uh, two hours every week or, or whatever or whatever day and time works for you. But you see what I'm saying? Like you just have a regular, even if it's not daily time set apart to kind of refresh and, and uh, allow that learning uh, to happen. If you don't do it, if you don't prioritize it, you know, it's kind of the every failure to plan is a plan to fail sure. type of you know principle. It, it, it just won't happen. Uh, but I think as long as you see the value, if you can connect what you're learning uh, into what you're doing in ministry, then you'll actually you know, kind of pull, be pulled into that. And some of that may relate to seasons of leadership, uh, kind of staff relational things. Yeah. Some of it can be, man, enhancing your, your growth or preparing for that next semester uh, Bible study series that you're talking about. You're just going to immerse yourself in studies that are related to that, to where you're going to be able to more preach out of the overflow um, type of thing, rather than just kind of learning uh, as part of preparation for a message or series. So those are some of the things, man, if you can build in overlap, we are looking for ways to be more efficient. And I learned this in, in school. In fact, Dr. Aiken, our president, uh, who I studied under for my PhD uh, 20 years ago, was, was telling me this. Scott, if you can be writing a paper topic that's related to what you're doing in ministry, whether it's what you're preaching or something, yeah. you're just going to be more efficient with your time. Extract and those are the types of things I think that can help us not resist learning, but actually see it as beneficial and benefit from it. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, Scott, it's been a joy to have you here today. I know you got some new yeah. projects coming out with uh, with our Lifeway team through B&H next year. Uh, we're excited to see some of those. Give us some teasers. That's right. That's so, right. in fact, Tim McKnight was tweeting about it today. He's the uh, the editor of a volume called Navigating Student Ministry. Uh, I wrote a chapter uh, on student ministry and discipleship uh, for that book. A lot of man, strong contributors. Uh, it's just going to be a really practical resource, but one that by way of education, you're thinking about this, I'm going to use it in uh, our student ministry seminary courses uh, next semester. Uh, and so that's a, a book, a resource that's coming out. Uh, of course, the Colossians volume for the Christ-Centered Exposition series yep. uh, just came out. Uh, that's through Lifeway and B&H. Uh, and then next fall, uh, Shane Pruitt and I, which I know is a friend of you guys, yeah. a partner in ministry in so many ways. Uh, we've got a book uh, called Calling Out the Called uh, that's coming. It's how to um, call out the call, but then also how to disciple them. If you've got students who are called to ministry, uh, how do you disciple them beyond the typical spiritual growth to prepare them to fulfill their calling? Uh, that'll be out next fall. So I'm pretty pumped about that. It's exciting stuff. 
Well, Scott, it's been great to have you on the show today and to give us some encouragement, especially in this holiday season, as we kind of wind up the year here for 2021, looking forward to 2022. Uh, so you gave us some of the books that you're writing and working on. Before you close, what are you reading this holiday season? We talked about binging and reading. What do you got on the shelf? Fiction, yeah, nonfiction, um, theology, leadership. G give us give us a little smattering, a little a little, a little taste of the, of the pace home. Man, I'm, I've, I've got some short studies in biblical theology. I'm a biblical theology guy. I kind of binge on some of that uh, sometimes, so I'm looking forward to that. I've always got uh, pastoral ministry uh, resources that I'm kind of uh, leaning on or maybe even revisiting uh, some things that are going on there. You got a title? So, you want to uh, give us the title of who you're revisiting? Uh, yeah, I, you know, things like Matt Chandler is going to be Recovering Redemption. I read that okay. almost once a year if I can. Okay. Uh, but then anything Brian Croft writes, he's a good friend. Uh, in ministry, if you will, by way of partner on pastoral ministry, balancing family ministry, all that type of stuff. Uh, I'll reread some of his stuff, but the biblical studies uh, or biblical theology, short studies in that. Um, I'm kind of digging in and chewing on those right now. So those are, you know, big longitudinal lines throughout scripture. Um, and that just nourishes my soul. And at a point of Advent season, yeah. right, those things yep. fit uh, and feed the soul so much because you can see uh, the coming of Christ promised in all these different ways. So, uh, in fact, last night I was reading a new Advent devotional that, with our kids uh, that kind of focus on that very thing that uh, a friend of mine wrote. So, right. and it's based on kind of the Luke 24 concept uh, that concerning all things, uh, him concerning all things in the scriptures, mm -hmm. he began to teach them. And so, uh, anyways, yeah. So that's some of what I'm reading right now. Okay. No, that's good. Again, it's always fun to know just uh, whether folks are working on, learning on. Yeah. And so, yep. Scott, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. And again, for our folks in North Carolina, uh, we're thankful for your leadership there as you travel and do uh, to other places as well, man. So, uh, uh, happy Advent, Merry Christmas to to you and uh, your fam. Man, thank you guys for having me on, uh, Nathan, Zach, and uh, man, Ben too. I hate he could be with us, but uh, I look forward to catching up with him again soon too. Very good. All right. Thanks, sir. All right, Nathan. That was fun times with Dr. Pace today, yeah? Yes, it was always. A big thing for me, I think, was really right at the beginning when he was talking about attitude for learning. Mm -hmm. uh, I think some people can, I think there's two, like you mentioned, there's the attitude of learning just for the sake of wanting to grow yourself, wanting to, to be humble and like, man, I don't know everything. I think sometimes we can have that attitude of learning of like, man, I'm going to learn this. Or I'm the best person in the room or I'm, yeah. I get to this place or I climb this ladder or whatever that case is. You know, I think sometimes we can have some misconceived notions I've, about I've got it all is. figured out. Yeah. 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 Like I've, <laughs> I've learned, been there, done that, checked it I've off. I can move it. on. Oof, um, yeah. that's how I approach my hobbies, but that's not a great way to approach my, uh, <laughs> my learning or whatnot. So yeah. to me, that was really good. It's just a good reminder of, man, it's, it's more about, cause he kind of said, you know, it's not so much about what you're learning as to, you know, why you're learning and, and your attitude and humility that comes with learning. I think that's a huge thing. Cause I think that's something that as we get older and mature, even after, you know, I think through our twenties, we really start to kind of wake up and be like, man, I don't know nearly as much wow. as I thought I did, you know, kind of a deal. So I think that's just important of having that attitude along with having the attitude of a lifelong learner of just saying, man, I need, I need to be learning and hopefully, you know, enjoy learning, but also like the humility that comes with, you know, I'm just, I mean, I'm learning this to continue to grow and develop myself. Not so like, oh, I can answer this question or, or say a cool thing at this conference or whatever the case is, you know. The phrase, you know, it's the, it's a character question more than a content question. And I think that's, yeah, you know, learning is less knowledge and more uh, a posture or disposition of character. And I think that really matters. 
And so like the thing that I heard was the, the importance of like that direction. Like I think for a lot of folks, learning is just like, you know, when you're in high school or undergrad or even maybe seminary, like you're just trying to like tackle the objective, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, get a good grade on the test or finish the paper or submit the project. But the whole point was like he was sharing the ability to, to, to juggle, to prioritize, to may maybe multitask or oversee different facets. Cause it doesn't all just come at you at once. Um, but also just to keep that humility of there is some place next to go. And I love hearing from him that, you know, for some folks, they're like, I'm going to be a professor. Here are the things that I must do to accomplish that. Or I'm going to be in this role of position. Here are the things that I must do to accomplish that. And, and maybe that's a clear kind of linear path. Uh, but I do think it is for everybody a really strong direction. Like I think we find the mm -hmm. things that we're into and we keep pressing into it. Like one of the things that Chad and I always joke is that we didn't know that we were going to do a podcast. We just knew that like, Zach had microphones and maybe this is something we should try, right? It was like the thing yeah. that was yeah, from yeah. another life, right? Like, I mean, I mm -hmm. think about now, like you, you spent so many summers doing like audio engineering for our camps and here you are like producing for this every week. Like, I mean, it wasn't mm -hmm. like when you were like 22, like, you know what, I'm going to get into podcast producing or whatever. Like that wasn't like right, a right. thing or, right. or for a lot of student ministers, like some of your best assets will come from the things you've learned in other places or the things that you learned that you didn't even know why you learned them. You just mm -hmm. committed to it. So it's like, man, like my capacity to learn this has really fueled my ability to lead this team. Like managing a team at a fast food restaurant when you were 23 has made you a really great leader of volunteers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that stuff that kind yeah. of like it combines or recombinates in ways that we didn't even know was going to happen. So, yeah. And I think Keep that's important. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's important because I think sometimes we think of when we think of learning, we think a lot of times of the academic of like, oh, I've got to read this book and that's yeah. learning. But you're absolutely right. Like like Scott was saying, it's so important to learn through those life experiences. Um, like I love that example. For me, it was, you know, being an aquatics and sports director for the YMCA taught yeah. me better how to manage camp staff, how to yeah. and I, you know, recruit volunteers and then how to work with volunteers in student ministry. You know, it was, it was that kind of a situation. So yeah, exactly. Good. And, and again, just to underscore from, from the conversation with him, there is some formalized things theolo theologically that I think we do want mm -hmm. folks to learn. And so whether that's a continuing education through, through an institution or seminary like Southeastern uh, or going to specific and strategic conferences to learn under certain people. Uh, one, one of the things we didn't get to into with Scott uh, that I wanted to ask a little bit more was just there are seasons of my life, at least, that I've done deep dives on certain like authors or speakers mm -hmm. or writers because uh, I want to learn as much as I can from them, even though I haven't been in a classroom with them. And I think for yeah. a lot of folks to like maybe if you don't know where to start, pick a person who you like trust learning from and read or listen to everything they've ever done just to see where it takes you. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. Ben Trueblood will be back in 2022. So Merry Christmas to y'all and we'll see you next year.